0: This week on Sabbath School Rescue, we learn about a disastrous banquet as we explore the Seventh-day Adventist Sabbath School quarterly from February 1 to 7, as we learn about the journey from arrogance to destruction. The Sabbath School Rescue podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's word. Together, we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study.
1: Well, it's exciting to explore from arrogance to destruction. The uh, lesson here is we're beginning uh, to look at Belshazzar and a disastrous feast. Let's look at the uh, Buster. Read for us the the memory text for this week.
0: Uh, Sure. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. Daniel chapter 2 verse 21.
1: You know, It's interesting, as we're listening to this text, it's, uh, there's some general themes in the book of Daniel through the last few weeks as we've been going through this uh, each week on this podcast, uh, looking at how God is in charge, yet sometimes life seems out of control, and here in the story of Daniel, things get really wild. Uh, what's going on here?
0: Well, here in uh, chapter 5, we see that there's a king who thinks he knows it all. Thank goodness we haven't seen that at all in the book of Daniel or throughout the Bible, Right. Uh, but we see this king who thinks he knows it all, and he decides that he's going to go ahead and, and challenge God uh, in a direct way and indirectly.
1: You know, the word that really sticks out to me in this lesson right in the, the, the first page here is the word hubris. Hubris.
0: You know, uh, I was, we mentioned that word a little bit earlier as we're discussing, and I just decided for our, for our audience to look, look up this word, excessive pride or self-confidence. And we see so many people that have that. Yeah. Once again, thank goodness I've never seen it in the mirror.
1: <laughs> Isn't it always easier to point it out in others than oneself, right? It is. It is. I, I seriously had a, an
0: elder who told me, you know what? I'm one of the most humble people you'll ever meet. I'm like, I think that disqualifies you right then and there. <laughs> takes one to know one. <laughs>
1: hubris. Well, this is a classic example of hubris where someone is getting themselves in a, a, a lot of trouble.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Uh, So let's go ahead and grade into Daniel chapter five, one through four. Mm -hmm. And it also it's talking about Belshazzar's feast. And it says, what is Belshazzar doing that is so bad? And what, how does this reveal his true character?
1: Well, I think it's important to set a little bit of the context for this passage because, you know, the ancient Israelites, they're in exile. They're in Babylon. They've been conquered, and that that destruction, I mean, that's, that's terrible You're to, to be taken away from everything that you know and love and what is familiar to you. So these ancient Israelites, they're taken away. Um, it's, it's one thing to be taken away as a captive, but uh, for the Jews in particular, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, when he conquered them, he he basically destroyed their land and and the sort of the ultimate thing that he did was uh to basically to sack the temple to destroy the temple and before it's destroyed they take all the holy religious objects and so um at least at, at initially they were taken and put in storage because they were considered cultic symbols sacred objects and so they wanted to win the jews over so, as they are in captivity and the ones that they want to work for them and become leaders, sort of like uh, 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 uh the the three worthies and Daniel especially they they want them to be good citizens and provide leadership for the country for the empire Babylonian Empire. but uh, uh things take a drastic turn with Belshazzar, and, and he basically here says. I really don't care about your religious symbols. And in (laughs) fact, not only do I not care about them, I'm going to desecrate them.
0: You know what? Here, we'll start here. Verse 3, it says, Then they brought the gold vessels that had been taken from the temple, uh, the house of God, which had been in Jerusalem, and the king and his lords and his wives and his concubines drank from them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and silver, bronze and iron, wood and stone. Yeah. So we don't care about your gods. Your God, but we're we're gonna take the things that belong to your God and worship our gods with them. Yeah. It's the ultimate slap in the face.
1: It is. And and I think it's important for our listeners to kinda of also keep in mind this is Middle Eastern culture. So here in the West, we kinda of don't always necessarily appreciate this as much, but over there there's sort of it's it's an important hierarchy and there's a, a culture of honor and shame. Uh, and so up until then, the, the instruments being kept and locked away, they were still preserved. They were honoring those sacred emblems, even though, obviously, they didn't necessarily believe in them. They had captured them, but they were placed in a in a safe place. So they were kept in honor. When Belshazzar does this, they are now shaming publicly uh, the people, their religion, and most of all, their god, saying, you know— um, we, that's that's we, that we we not only do we not believe your God, but we want to kind of do the ultimate humiliation, and and that's really what's going on is this shaming that 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 makes it so so significant.
0: You know, I'm glad you brought up shaming because the shaming is not just here in the past. We also see a parallel that's yes. broadcasting in the future. Sure, in Revelation 17 verses 4 through 6, mm-hmm. we see that there's this woman who's arrayed in purple, and what does she do? Verse five. And on her forehead was a name that was written, Mystery of Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and the abominations of the earth. I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, in class today, we're talking about uh, types and symbols in the Bible, and uh, this just reminds me of this so so well, illustrates this so well, that uh, here's this symbol, Babylon, because of what happens in this chapter, becomes a symbol of everything that's against God, the antithesis, you know. So we talk about Babylon in, in opposition or uh, juxtaposed with Jerusalem. So here is Babylon symbolizing um, a people that are ultimately um, going to be lost in the end, this, this uh, desecrating who God is and his character, all of that. Um, that's what's going on here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think the lesson did a good job of trying to make sure it put it in today's terms, which is how can we be careful not mm-hmm. to profane the things of God that mm-hmm. belong to him? Mm-hmm. And you look around every corner and there's all those temptations to do so. And I, I think the best way is just making sure that our hearts belong to God, that we surrender, we die daily to Him. And if we even if we do, uh, well, whether willingly or unwillingly, knowing mm-hmm. that we have an advocate in Jesus Christ who mm-hmm. will forgive us of those things, but but trying our best because we love Him not to yeah. profane His name.
1: You know, what a, what a great God that we have. God's not trying to trip us up and make a mistake. He just wants us to commit our lives to Him every day. And and, and that's the amazing thing about God. Um, so loving. By the way, there's one more symbol I want to mention before we move on. Please. And uh, uh, the, the, the lesson points this out, what, what Bible, Old Testament scholars know very well, that there are six materials that are mentioned here. Uh, the, the gods of the gold, the silver, the bronze, and the iron, and the wood, and the stone, um, describing the the sacred vessels. There's a contrast here between the emblems, symbols of God's holy temple, and then all of these other gods or these other symbols. Uh-huh. And it's not insignificant that there are six materials that are used here. And you just referenced Revelation the, the a lot of people talk about you know at the at the very end in, in Revelation it talks about this this number that again describes this this people this spiritual Babylon this the antithesis of who God is um, this number six 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 you know uh, again um, and, and here we see right away uh, through the books of Daniel and Revelation we'll come back to this again uh, but this the, there's some symbolism here uh, that is significant that again represents. This is not God's way. This is the antithesis of of God's kingdom. And so we're just reminded of that, even through these simple little symbols.
0: You know, I learn something new every day just being in an office next to you, Dr. Campbell. Thank you for for bringing that point out because it's so poignant. We don't want to follow the antithesis. We want to follow the exact we want to follow Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah. It's great to learn from each other. I learned from you too, Professor Swoop. So we're just keep having fun. So
0: All right. Let's keep going. So Daniel chapter 5, 5 through 8. Uh, here, we actually see something else that's happening. Mm-hmm. And it's suddenly a human hand was seen riding on the plaster of the wall of the palace. The starting in verse 5. Then the hand was just behind the lampstand and the king could see it writing. right? I've never seen anything like this. Can you imagine what, what it's like? Uh, I'd be freaked out. <laughs> yes. You know, uh, I've never seen the movie uh, Adam's Family, but I remember just seeing the advertisements and just seeing that hand running across. I said, okay, I'm done. Never watching it, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's just too scary for me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, Indeed. <laughs> But imagine for those that were there.
0: Yes. And so this is, it tells us what happened. It says, mm-hmm. he was so frightened that his face turned pale, his knees started shaking, and his legs became weak. Mm-hmm. The king called in his advisors, and they and they claimed that they could talk with the spirits and the dead to understand the meanings. But, of course, they could not. Uh, and all of King Belshazzar's highest officials came in, but not one of them could read the writing on the wall or what it meant.
1: You know, I think it's good to use that sanctified imagination once in a while. And there's a lot of good positive stories that are heartwarming in the Bible. But sometimes it's important to remember those things that are a little bit scary. Reminded just this past week uh, how is the anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz during World War II? and uh, a, a number of posts. And it's a little bit uh, scary to think about how uh, they've done surveys of how few people today, um, or I should say how many people have forgotten that what, what happened at the Holocaust, the killing of the Jews. We, we must never forget that, not, not, not because we want to remember terrible things, but, but these tragedies that have happened in the past, we have to learn from them. And I think that's why this is recorded in the Bible. This is not a happy moment. No. Uh, but it's recorded for us. Uh, as scary as it is, because God is warning us and saying, "Wake up! I want you to pay attention."
0: Yeah, uh, and and we we have to pay attention uh, because I, I know historians hate, hate hearing this, but history repeats itself in different types of ways, right? And so, to keep it from repeating itself, we have to be informed of what has happened in the past to make sure it doesn't happen in our future.
1: And that one of the great inspirations of the Bible. You know, people like to write history that always makes themselves look good. You know, that's our human nature. But yeah. the Bible doesn't do that. It doesn't write all the, the good stuff. It, it, it says here, here's some kind of the, the challenges that have happened uh, in history. And this is a crucial moment in understanding the fall of an empire.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, uh, this, this particular part of this lesson was just talking about the parallels of, you know, how the astrologers in Daniel chapter 2 and the Chaldeans and everyone else, they couldn't interpret the dream. No one could read this writing.
1: Sounds like deja vu.
0: Yes, it does. <laughs> uh, and so so this, I, I have to move on to this. I'm sorry, but now enters the queen, right? Uh, Daniel 5, 9 through 12. And uh, let me just uh, summarize this just, just quickly. And they were completely puzzled now that the king was now more afraid than ever. And this is, this is what happens when the queen heard that the king and the official was talking. Uh, she talks about, says, don't you remember this this young man uh, by the name of Daniel, who was actually serving under Nebuchadnezzar. Don't you remember this guy? And that he could possibly remember. She she remembered what he had done in the past, saying, "Let's bring him back."
1: How quickly we we, we forget the past. Yes, we so, do. Good thing that the queen was there to kind of uh, be a, a sort of a, a intervention at a very crucial moment in in the kingdom.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know i I love this because she didn't even have any doubts. She says, "Send for Daniel, and he will tell you what the writing means right
1: Well, if I'd been married to Nebuchadnezzar, hard to imagine that kind of thing, but uh, the just the idea of of the you talk about hubris right that's the part yeah. of this chapter there you know he he's again the epitome of hubris, you know, make a gold statue even bigger, have everyone bow down to me, and so I guess it kind of ran in the family. You know, it did. You know, you just you just struck me with something though. She
0: saw that part of her of, of her husband, right, mm-hmm. of the king. Yeah. But she also saw him at the end of Daniel chapter four. That's right. After the after the
1: he went after mad. He went
0: wild and crazy, mm-hmm. and she saw that his heart turned for God. And so she remembers, this guy's the guy that gave me the nice king at the mm-hmm. end, right? You
1: know, bio, there's some people that write these uh, the Bible biographies of different figures and kind of imagine the role. The one that I've never seen is Nebuchadnezzar's wife. That, that would be quite a, an interesting narrative to be able to—, to to write from her perspective, I, I hope that she's in heaven because I, I want to ask her, you know, what was it like to be seeing all of this take place uh, from <laughs> right there in our front row seat in the royal palace?
0: You know, I, I bet you she's there at the beginning of this saying, Yeah, I would touch those uh, those emblems of God in the very beginning, right? Yeah,
1: don't don't you dare. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, I'm thankful she was there, and uh, and so therefore at that we, – we call it a – or I like to call it a crucial conversation, right? We all have those moments in our lives where, uh, you know, you see something happening. You're like, you know, that is a disaster waiting to happen. You can see almost before it happens. You know what's going to happen. Just the uh, day before last um, – uh i was driving down the highway on the interstate and i saw an 18-wheeler driving towards me on the wrong side of the highway and uh he's looking at me i'm looking at him and uh at first he's looking at me like like i'm the crazy one and then all of a sudden he saw all the other cars behind me and suddenly he realized he was on the wrong side of the road and pulled over quickly thankfully to the side and uh you know, um, that's what a crucial conversation is—is is that look in the eyes of that driver, and uh, you know, here he thinks he's in the right, and then suddenly he realizes he's going the wrong do- way down an interstate. And and I think that's kind of what the queen is doing here, although sure doesn't seem like he listened. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure as soon as he saw that hand, yeah. it was the wrong way going down the uh, going that, down the wrong interstate. That was the accident.
1: Yes, it was. <laughs> Well, what exactly exactly did that hand do?
0: So uh, this hand is, is writing, of course. And, you know, as I was, I was looking at this and pulling it back up here, uh, this is Daniel five thirteen through 28. Uh, we see that this hand starts writing this particular writing. Uh, but now, as everyone's trying to figure it out, then enters Daniel. And Daniel is going to go ahead and give uh, the definition of everything this means. Meneh tekel uparson and dr campbell can you explain to us what those words mean
1: uh, absolutely uh, basically this is uh the reckoning that's finally coming along and uh, and and basically uh uh the first one is is many god has numbered your kingdom and finished it uh, tekel that you've been weighed in the balances and found wanting, and then Perez, your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and, Ver- and, the, Medes and the Persians. Basically, it says your t- your 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 game's up. Um, it's it's over for you, Belshazzar. Um, you've gone too far, and 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 that's it. You're being held accountable now. Weighed and balanced, hmm, um, that almost sounds like a judgment. It is a judgment. Wow. Yeah. Wow, okay. And nobody likes to be judged, but uh, this is that moment where now there's accountability. You know, I was reminded, uh, some of our students were talking and see sometimes things in the church that that people don't like, you know, Um, or maybe it's in the world around them. They're like, you know, I don't understand why that political leader does this or that or whatever. Um, People may get away with it for a while, but I was reminded that, you know, at the end, God is the one who's still there. He's still sovereign, and there will be a day of judgment and reckoning. For Belshazzar, uh, because of the significance of it, for world history and everything else, God divinely intervenes at that particular moment, and we're told about it through sacred history. Um, And we're also reminded that at the very end of time, there will be an accounting, an accountability. um, There will be a judgment. We don't like to talk about it, um, but it doesn't have to be scary either. You know, it's, no. God's not trying to say, "Hey, I tricked you, or I, I, I got you, I caught you." You know, you're in trouble. God does, actually doesn't want that. He, he, in the and that's part of the great story of Daniel and Belshazzar is God keeps lovingly warning, 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 saying, "Hey, don't go this way, don't go this way," um, and yet eventually, if people persist in their sin and go too far, eventually God has to stop that, and uh, uh, for various different reasons. In this case. Uh, uh, the, the the future of, of the kingdom, uh, time was up.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, this last week we've been going over the Book of Romans in our preaching class. Mm-hmm. And one of our students, Eli for me Mean, he brought up a wonderful point because <laughs> talking about judgment, yeah. saying uh, how the Word of God says, judge not lest you be judged. He yeah. says, well, judgment is for God and God alone. Yeah. He's like, but he brought up this point. We are called to correct, but the difference in our correcting is to actually encourage our brothers to come back to god and mm-hmm. notice here that daniel yeah. is not the one that is doing the judging yeah. the hand of god directly wrote uh, these words and Daniel's just interpreting because throughout his tenure daniel's the one that's compelling the kings to turn to god
1: yeah you know god god has ways of doing that whether it takes literally a handwriting it on the wall um, god is bigger than we are god is sovereign he's still in control And uh, there is a temptation, right, to to want to be that uh, judging kind of thing for others. Um, But the moment we do that, we actually put ourselves in the role of the Holy Spirit. But here God says, you know, um, this is what's going to happen. But then Daniel comes in and says, hey, let me interpret that for you. So Daniel didn't have to do anything. God does it again. He's he's the hero of the story.
0: Yes, he does. And and the reason why I brought that up, uh, Dr. Mm -hmm. Campbell, is because— I think sometimes we get afraid of the judgment at the end. We're like, "Oh no." But this is why we're mm-hmm. here. Even yeah. right now this podcast yeah. is yeah. warning us, saying, "Please come back. We're compelling you to come back to God. Yeah. Uh make sure your relationship is right with him because whoever has the son has mm-hmm. life. Whoever does not have the son does not have life." Yeah. Judgment was uh this this impending doom's not meant for you. Yeah. It's meant for the devil and his angels.
1: You know, I used to be so scared of the judgment growing up as as a kid thinking, oh my, how am I going to be ready through end time events and everything else? What's going to happen? And then I realized I'm only focused on myself. Mm -hmm. And I realized that Jesus is the judge. He's my judge, but he's also my advocate. Amen. And he loves us. He wants us to be saved in that kingdom. And then when I realized that, you know, uh, the judgment ceased to be a scary event and something that I just need to trust God daily to commit myself to him. Uh, not to let that sinful human nature gain control, but to die daily as the Apostle Paul says.
0: You know I, I love the way you put that. It is the best rigged court system I've ever seen. Our lawyer who is also our judge mm-hmm. is also our bailiff and he is there for for us all.
1: Well I, I that makes me feel better uh, Buster. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so now on to Thursday's lesson, the
0: fall of Babylon uh, Daniel 529 through31. Then Belshazzar gave the command, and they clothed Daniel with purple, and put a chain of gold around his neck, and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler of the kingdom. But that very night, Belshazzar, king of Chaldeans, was slain, and Darius the Mede received the kingdom, about uh, being about sixty-two years old.
1: Ouch! Ouch! A little
0: too too little too late.
1: Yeah. You know the uh, the Babylonians prided themselves that basically they felt that they were invincible. You know they they knew there was uh, an army headed their way, and they're having a party, which says we're not really even going to take you serious. That we don't we don't think there's we think there's zero chance that you could ever uh, hurt us, and that we're safe and secure. And uh, and yet you know of course uh, Herodotus as the lesson points out, uh, and historians note that the Persians dug canals and and basically diverted all the water into the city and they walked in on that on that riverbed right into the city all those impregnable impregnable walls and everything else that they thought they were so safe turned out to uh, be their destruction
0: yeah you know, and that that reminds us reminds us no matter how much we think we fortified ourselves and our lives mm-hmm. with our finances, with our jobs, in a blink of an eye, yeah. those things can be taken away.
1: Absolutely, that's why
0: we need to build our lives for eternal the eternal kingdom and not just for the temporal one.
1: Sense of humility. You know, it reminds me of the story of the Titanic. They thought it was an unsinkable ship, and of course, we all know. It hit an iceberg and sank. And yes. uh, back to hubris at the very beginning of the lesson, that the pride of humanity, that we think we're all that, we're so great. Um, but yet in the end, when God comes along, he says, you know, you're still sin- sinful human beings. I don't care how much wealth, how much power you have on this earth. At the end of the day, you're still a sinful human being in need of a savior.
0: Ah, absolutely. Everyone, we all need that savior. So I, I would just want to bring up this this point. At what point can we say that we are acquainted with all the truth that we will need to know, we'll ever need to know? I hope never. <laughs> you know, I I actually enjoy the, the spirit of prophecy of, of re- realizing that for eternity, we're going to continue to learn.
1: Yeah. You know, Ellen White makes another famous, uh, not famous, but a, a significant statement, I should say, in about 1895, where she says, even Seventh-day Adventists are in danger of of uh, uh, turning away from the truth as it is in Jesus. And I think what she's talking about is that there's always a need to grow spiritually, to search for present truth, to continue studying the Bible, to constantly learning. You know, we're talking about Belshazzar and hubris. I think for a lot of Adventists, there's a spiritual pride and hubris that can happen potentially, or any Christian can happen potentially, that we think, think we have it all figured out and know everything. Um, we need to constantly surrender ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ, and to to die daily, and to read the scriptures, and with an open heart and mind, say, Lord, make me teachable. It's so when we don't do that, our heart, our hearts become hardened, and we become proud, and this word hubris comes in. And um, God doesn't want that. That's that's the only thing He can't do. He doesn't force Himself, uh, but but He loves us too much. Um, he doesn't want to see us lost in the end.
0: You know. You know. Uh, and I appreciate you saying that. And. The main takeaway I got from this week's lesson is hopefully we heat the warnings before we see the writing on the wall. Because when the writing's on the wall, it's a little too late, right? It's a
1: little too late.
0: So let's learn from Belshazzar, and let's not profane the things of God before, right? Let's learn from the past uh, so it can propel us into the future.
1: Well, I think that wraps up this lesson for this week. So uh, this is Soup and Swoops, and... Signing out. See you next week. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off.
0: Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.